0: Open your Bible to First Peter chapter number 5, if you would. First Peter chapter number 5. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that this word would come across uh, pure to your people. Let them not hear my voice, Lord God, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Oftentimes, we have a tendency to want to fix everything. We want to fix a leaky faucet, a skin knee. Whatever the problem is, we want to be the one that has the solution. However, you and me, we see through a glass darkly, so says the scripture, which means it's like we're looking through a clouded pane of glass where you have an idea of what's on the other side, but you don't necessarily see the end from the beginning, the Bible says that God our Father sees the end from the beginning. So when He gives you a direction, it is for your benefit and not for, uh, 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 not for your harm or otherwise. I'll give you an example. I remember one time I was working on uh, our house. We had a, a Christmas display in the front yard. And it was, uh, it was one of these deals, that these big white, you know, uh, manger scene and we would shine a light on it. And every day I would come home and, and the, the, the breaker, the GFCI breaker, the ground fault breaker would be tripped and, and, and I couldn't figure out what was happening. So I would flip it back over and five minutes later it'd click again. Flip it back over and it'd click again. So I figured, oh I must have a bad GFCI plug. So I went to Lowe's thinking I was going to go spend a dollar or 99 cents and get me a new plug. Well, the GFCI plugs cost a lot more than 99 cents so i got there and i went to change it i thought well since it's tripped it surely won't shock me and i electrocuted myself about three times trying to change that plug out i wish tony had been there he'd have done it and he wouldn't have got shocked but but anyway i'm sitting i'm changing that thing out and as soon as i get that new one in i'm like here we go and click it trips and I'm like what is going on I'm sitting here trying to figure this thing out so I started from the beginning I started at the first plug and I pulled the first plug and I don't know what I was looking for I I guess I was looking for a sign that says this is the bad one but I pulled the stuff off and you know I got shocked three or four times going down through it and before you know it I've got five or six plugs pulled out of the wall and I've tied the wires directly together trying to bypass and every time I flipped that thing over it would click back and it was throwing that that little breaker that's on that plug until finally I said, man, I've looked at every single plug on the back of this house. Maybe, just maybe, there's a plug on the front of the house that's on the same circuit. And if I'm messing up any of the uh, uh, terminology by some of you electricians in here, just bear with me. But I assumed a circuit was a close enough word. So I go to the front yard and I look and we had a floodlight that was uh, shining on the, the, the manger scene and that floodlight was sitting in six inches of water. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's the problem. So I unplug it and flip the thing back, and of course it stays on. The problem was is I removed every outlet in the back of the house and got shocked a half a dozen times while I was doing it, all because I was starting at the beginning and I didn't see the end first. If I'd have been able to see the end from the beginning, it would have been a five-minute job. I wouldn't have gone to Lowe's two times. I wouldn't have spent $20 on a plug that I didn't need. And I wouldn't have had all those other problems. But you see, you and me go through life, and we don't see the end first. We see where we are. And we have to get good at fighting where we are, knowing that God sees the end from the beginning. So when you sense God giving you a directive or an idea, you've got to get good at being obedient and believing it because what He says is for your benefit. The Scripture says that He will cause all things to work together for your good. If you have your Bibles, open 1 Peter chapter number 5 and I'm going to read two Scriptures beginning at verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Number one, we've got to get good at being humble before the Lord. So many times we think our time is now, but he has a due season. He has a due time for you. How many things in your life do you have right now that if God would have given them to you when you were 15 years old, you would have squandered them and wouldn't have them? How many, things are, how many good things are you experiencing in your life right now that if God would have blessed you with them 10 years ago, it would have just come to ruin because you didn't know how to handle it? That's a do- time. That's a due season. We've got to get good at trusting God with our due time and due season because everything he wants for you. Here's what his Bible says. It says, above all, I wish that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I've met people that were bad, bad sick, but they had overwhelming wealth. And I assure you, they would give an every penny to have another year of health. That's why the scripture says, I don't want you to have lack And I want you to be healthy. I don't want you to have lack and I want you to be in good courage with a good sound mind. So the Bible says then after we make sure that we're being humble before the Lord so that he can exalt us in due time. Because anywhere you put yourself you are subject to keeping yourself there. But anywhere that God puts you no weapon formed against you can prosper. Wait till the right season. Stay humble before God. Listen, if you've got a word for the whole galaxy, God will give you a way to get it out there. You don't have to do his job. He'll help you do yours. Amen? Amen. So the Bible then says that we ought to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. You and me, we're people that like to get things done. We're people that like to make our own way. We like to, you know, take a machete and go through the roughest part of the woods instead of going around it because we want to be trailblazers. We want to make our own way. But the problem is whenever you carry the cares of this world and the weights of this world on your shoulders, you were never designed to do so. You see, Jesus paid every price for you at Calvary. He paid every price for you on the cross and then he assured and stamped the thing on Easter Sunday morning with the resurrection. But the problem is, you and I feel this obligation that we have to pay for something that's already been paid for. Let me say it differently. If you owe $100,000 on your house and I want to bless you and I come and pay your house off, are you going to send any more money to the bank or are you just going to be thankful that the house is paid off? You're not going to send any more money to the bank because there's no reason in paying for something that's already been paid for. It's the same thing with your peace. You say, well, I've lost my peace because I did this, 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 and this. Absolutely you didn't. Absolutely you shouldn't have done that. But you don't have to pay for what you did because he paid for what you did. Don't get in the habit of paying for something twice and acting like it's an honorable thing. It may seem honorable for you to take responsibility for your actions, which is true, but your responsibility, as the Bible says, is to repent or to turn from that thing and move towards Jesus, not to flog yourself and take stripes on your back because the minute you start taking stripes on your back, you make the stripes that he took have been in vain. Don't double pay for something. Don't go to McDonald's and pay at the first window and the second window. Just pay once. That's the, that is the picture that we've got to get when it comes to the Lord. You see, he wants to bless you. It's his good pleasure to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to cause good things to come in your path. But if you keep on carrying these weights that you weren't designed to carry, you may be able to get where you're trying to go, but you will not get there on schedule. Think about it like this. I have a Toyota Tundra pickup truck. I know a lot of you don't like that because uh, you don't like Toyota or whatever. I don't care. I like it. I crank it and it goes room. My wife says it's a grandpa truck because I've got a camper on the back and I don't care about that either. I like it. The kids go camping with me when it's under 60 degrees. We don't camp when it's over 60 degrees. That's a rule. I don't know if you guys have ever laid with three kids in the back of a pickup truck when it's 85 degrees it's hot all you can wish is you hoping that the campground's got cell phone service because they're going to pass out about 9 o'clock you're going to sweat till 1 trying to get service you call Crystal and she's you know watching TV in the air conditioner or something but anyways I got a Toyota truck it's a good truck it's a half ton truck it'll probably do more than a one ton Dodge or a one ton Ford would do (laughs) is Tanner in here? Get him this tape. Better than a Ford for sure. <laughs> but it's a good truck. But it's a half ton truck. What it does well is it'll pull a trailer occasionally, it'll haul my kids around. Right now, it's hauling a bunch of T ball equipment around. Uh, and it, man, it's just doing a great job of it. And I think I still get like three or four miles to the gallon in it. So we're doing, doing pretty good with that. But either way, if I took that truck, And put it in a role that it was not designed to fulfill. It might be able to do it, but it won't be able to do it on time so say I took my truck and I tied an 80,000 pound tractor trailer to it and decided I'm going to drive it to Calgary Alberta and I, or, or Calgary in Canada I guess it's in Alberta wherever it is anyway I decide I'm going to drag that 80,000 pound trailer with my truck now listen if I wanted to do it at 2 miles an hour maybe it could make it I don't know but the bottom line is it will never get there the way a Mack truck would get there that is designed with a purpose to get from A to B. K. Carrying 80,000 pounds. You and me were not designed to carry the weight of this world. That's why the Bible says to take your care and cast it on him who cares for you. You taking your problems and putting them on, on his shoulders doesn't limit him at all. He has no limit to his measure. There's no limit to his power. It blesses him. It is his good pleasure to bless you. And it blesses him when you take your concerns and give them to him which he's already paid for Him. You and me are not designed to carry it. If you think about an old cow, an old cow's got hooves, and they can walk through a pasture, no problem. They don't have any problem. Is Tanner's not here? I'm going to pick on him. (laughs) Tanner was over at my house a while back, and we were uh, riding around. We have a golf cart, and we were riding around out in the pasture, and uh, I can't remember exactly who was driving. We'll say it was Tanner. And, uh, And he drove the thing into this huge where I grew up you would call him a pond uh, but here y'all call him tanks he grew, drew it in this big tank you know this water place for cows a- 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 and, and woo we're not going anywhere you know the wheels are just spinning and so I'm sitting there holding the wheel no that's not right I'm sitting over here and I said Tanner you can't drive worth a foot man and, and he's like how am I driving from the passenger seat so maybe I was driving but anyway we get there and we stick the thing and I said, oh, man, we're stuck. And he goes, "He goes. you think? I said, yeah, we're stuck, and it's dark, so we can't tell where we're going. And I take the spotlight, and I kind of look around. I'm like, oh, I think that way is the, the best way out of here, Tanner. And he kind of looks at me, and I, so I, I start rolling up my shoes. You can tell Tanner's a, a, a good guy because immediately when I started rolling up my pants, he started rolling his up. He knew it was time to get to work and we took our shoes and socks off and we're we're pushing this this uh this golf cart through the mud and the the muck and everything and you know about every third step i'm getting about six grass spurs in my feet and you know it's hurting and there's all kind of cow stuff because where cows are they leave cow stuff you know and and so so we're walking and we get it out and but the bottom line was is i was not made to walk through a pasture barefoot a cow no problem But me, uh uh-uh. I'm not even made to walk in flip-flops, y'all. I'm made to walk in shoes that have laces with socks between my foot and the shoe. That's just the way it is. But along the way, you have to remember that sin injected all kind of stuff into this world. The Bible says that there wasn't even briars and thorns and thistles before sin came in. So you and I were not called to walk In this nonsense that the world has become, but rather you were called to walk this new creation in Christ that you are casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. Listen, you might be able to drag that stuff to Canada, weight it down, and there's even an, a side of it that kind of feels like, you know what, I'm doing my part, I'm, I'm carrying more than I'm supposed to carry. Well, here's the problem you got. There's people between here and your final destination that you are called to minister to for God, and if you don't get there at the right season and the right time, God's going to call somebody else to do what He's already called you to do. So many times we get good at carrying weights and we even start wearing them like a badge like, you know what, I did this, this, this and you know, God woke me up at 5 o'clock this morning and I prayed three hours, that's why I'm so tired. Well, you shouldn't be tired if His yoke is easy and His burden's light. Why don't you live for God with gladness? Why don't you serve the Lord with joy and quit you know, getting this sour face about who God is and, and the idea that, that somehow His burden, your, your burden is greater than the cross that He carried up a rock hill. He carried a rock. He carried a cross up a rock hill so that you and me don't have to carry our burdens across the rocky ground that we walk on. Pay no attention to the things of this world, but pay attention to the one who's got you called and assigned in due season and quit carrying the things that are weighting you down, acting like, well, you know what? This is just my burden. It's not your burden anymore. If you pay for it, then you're double paying and that's not right. Give it to Jesus. Move on about your business. I, I'll tell you one other quick story. I, I remember we used to live uh, over in East Texas, and there was this uh, elementary school that had an awesome uh, playground in the back, and, and and the playground would, you know, had slides and everything in it, and this big old field, and you know, sometimes we'd go out there with our bicycles and stuff. And I remember one time we were playing. A whole family was there. We were all playing, and uh, I see this big old pit bulldog walking into the field. And I thought, oh man, looky there, you know, a pit bulldog. And you know, I don't know about you guys. I I like I like all dogs, but a pit bulldog has a certain look to it when you're a little boy. And I was like, looky there, pit bulldog. So I'm kinda running and then I'm like, I'm gonna think I'm gonna stay back here with Dad, you know, see what happens. And as we get closer to this bulldog, which is just walking, and he's walking real purposeful, I look, and the people who had the dog, they had this huge, uh, I don't know what it was, like a big bolt, a big huge piece of metal that this dog was dragging, and his muscles were just bulging everywhere, and it was an impressive looking dog, I guess. And he's walking, and he's dragging this thing. I guess they were trying to get him stronger or whatever. But as soon as I saw the weight that was holding that dog back, I knew he couldn't get me. The weight that you are carrying is restricting you from having the impact that God is calling you to have. So many times in our life we look at the weight and we think, oh, I can make it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but you were not designed to carry it. The reality is sin, rejection, shame, hardship, all of these things are things that we tote around and we carry without giving God the opportunity to be who He wants to be in your life, which is the yoke-breaking, burden-destroying God that only He could be. Another problem we face when we decide we're going to fix everything is it gets very difficult to hear your father's voice. It gets very difficult to hear the voice of your dad. I remember I was about 16 years old and I had this pickup truck that I don't know about you guys, but every pickup truck I've ever had, I try to bolt something on it to make it faster. The, uh, it slowed down a little bit since I've gotten older, but my wife says I still have a problem with it, so you guys can pray for me. But at 16 years old, I really had a problem. The only problem I had was I couldn't afford all the stuff I wanted to put on it. I didn't like the muffler. The muffler was too quiet. Get rid of that. I didn't like all this other stuff. It was too quiet. Don't need an air conditioner. Need a supercharger. <laughs> it's kind of like an air conditioner. It blows air. So anyway, I I bought this this programmer chip, which which probably was not even a real thing. You know, at this point, I I didn't care. I just if if I thought it would make my truck faster, I'd do it. And and you plugged it in, but I also had to change what's called the thermostat in 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 the truck to keep it from running hot. And, And the thermostat housing had two bolts that went down in. I know you ladies are just like, yeah, talk about those bolts, you know. But anyway, I'm sitting there dealing with these two bolts, right? And I pull one of them out, no problem. And then I pull the other one out, and it just, it just hangs up. It's stuck. It's seized, I believe would be the technical term. Right, Johnny? Okay, seized. I got this bolt that's seized. So I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I said, you know, I'm changing this thermostat. I said, make my truck faster. And he goes, uh, I said, I got this bolt that I can't get it out. And he said, whatever you do, don't touch that bolt until I get home. And I thought, he doesn't think I can do it. So I went out there and I thought, he's gonna be so proud of me because when he gets home, I'm gonna have this thing all changed. And I, uh, you know, I, just, I hadn't really pulled on it yet. When I really pulled on it, I'm gonna get that bolt loose. And I went pulling, ah, blink! And I broke that bolt flush in the top of that motor. And for you guys who don't know what that means, it's bad news. So I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to tell my dad? Oh, my goodness gracious. I was so excited to do. I was going to impress him and everything else. And he gets there, and I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He goes, you broke the bolt. I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, hmm. Well, a week and a half later, after buying a half a dozen different ease-outs and all kinds of different tools, we got the bolt out, got the, got the thing changed out, and my truck wasn't all that much faster, so it was probably a waste of time and money anyway. But the thing was... I wanted to fix it myself, and because I wanted to fix it myself so badly, I couldn't hear my Father's instruction. So many times in our life, we get to working on something, and we're trying to fix it, trying to fix it, and God's saying, let me stop, let me stop, and we're sitting there saying, yeah, 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 I will in a minute, but let me just, boom, and then we break it. And we try to figure out, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You were trying to fix what you were not created to fix. You were trying to, to change what you were not created to change. You were trying to, to get right what you were not created to get right. We go on and on and we try to solve everything ourselves and we get to the place where we're carrying something that we weren't designed to carry and it slows us down and every weight holds us back and then we get to the place where we can't even hear our father's voice anymore because we're so focused on fixing this thing and then we get to the place where we finally come to the end of our expertise and we realize we can't do it. We need a specialist. In your life, your experience and your expertise will eventually come to an end. You will find a place where you cannot, uh, you cannot go any further. You have to bring in the big guns, if you will. You have to bring in somebody that knows and understands what you're doing. That knows and understands what they're doing. If you take a lawnmower and your idea of working on it and seeing if it has gas in it, you are not a specialist when it comes to lawnmowers. There are people who knows how to who know how to fix things. There are people who know how to take things apart. Take a computer, for example. You can take a computer and, and on the inside of it there's all these different pieces, and you may be the best mechanic in the world and can fine tune a sixty seven Chevelle like nobody's business, but the minute you look at a computer you're all thumbs. What do I do? Well, if you take starter fluid and spray it in the computer, it's not gonna work, I promise. You start looking at the computer and you're saying, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? And then all of a sudden you bring in a specialist and they say, well, you got a problem with your hard drive. And you go, what is a hard drive? The whole thing's kind of (laughs) hard. They can look and see what you cannot see because they specialize in the situation. God is a specialist when it comes to dealing with your situation. He is a specialist when it comes to dealing with your circumstances. You and I look at something and realize it can't be fixed. And he looks at it and says, I'm the one who can take care of business. But a specialist is not just the person who can fix something. Most oftentimes, they have tools that you don't have. I never forget one time I was putting up a TV... At my house, hanging on the wall like we have this one hung up. And Matthew Godkin, who's back there in the sound booth, he was over there with me. And I have a, I have a tendency that when I'm doing a project, I really like to get done with it fast. I, I like to find out. I like to say, oh, I think it'll probably take about an hour. And then I figure I'm going to try to get it done in about 10 minutes. That's kind of my goal. And, and, and I, I, well, I'll tell you another story. Where we come from, and I got a lot of stories this morning. Uh, where we come from over in Huntsville. We were over there, and, and our pastor, uh, the church, we bought this big uh, uh, play gym for the kids, you know. The whole nine yards, you know, swing sets, everything on it. And, and, and so uh, uh, we had the, the people we bought it from, they, they brought a guy over who was going to direct how we uh, uh, put it together. And I said, so how long is this going to take? He said, uh, you know, if I had a good crew, it would be about four hours. But, you know, being as you guys have never done this before, it would probably take about six And I'm telling you, it was like starting a stopwatch. I was like, really? Six hours? Let's see. And man, we're running back and forth trying to get the thing put together. And we got a thing done in about three and a half hours. And all I want to do is walk up to it and go, six hours? What? (laughs) Because I just like to get things done. I don't like to to sit around on it. I mean, it's 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 not my joy to do. So anyway, Matthew Godkin's at my house, and we're we're hanging this TV up, and we get it all put on the wall and everything, and there's this one screw that's on the back of these TV mounts. I don't know if you guys... Has anybody ever mounted a TV on the wall? Wave at me. Nobody's ever mounted... Okay, this is a bad story then. Anyway, there's a screw, like, up there behind the TV that it's about six inches further than my arm reaches. And, and, and I was trying to screw it in there with a regular screwdriver. And, and I see Matthew Godkin, and he just walks out of the room. And I think, well, there goes a fair weather friend. Here we are at the last part of this situation. He just leaves me here. And about five minutes later, he walks in with a screwdriver like this long. And he hands it to me, and I'm literally sitting there. I could have sung a song or played the banjo while I was screwing that thing in because the specialist had the right tool for the job. You and me have to get good at recognizing that God has the right tool for the job. You get to the end of your toolbox very quickly, but He has no limit to His. You get to the end of your abilities, but He has no limit to His. So many times we find out that we're not designed to carry a load. So many times we find out that we're not designed to carry a weight and that weight has been holding us back. You may be able to get there, especially in Texas. This is the South. This is the, the Bible Belt, you know. We have a can-do attitude. You know, this is Texas a and country, you know what I mean? We don't, we don't lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate anybody that does. At least that's what they say. I don't know. Did Johnny Football get paid or not? Somebody tell the truth. I don't care if he got paid. I hope he gets paid in May. I want to see him on the Cowboys And if he goes for the Texans, I'll be a Texan fan. (laughs) Probably not, though. The problem with the Texans, y'all, is the Texans, any team in Houston, when they get good, they'll either trade everybody that's good. Or they'll just just lose the team. Do y'all remember when when, uh, they didn't draft Reggie Bush? Mario Williams, or whatever his name. Sure, he's good, but Reggie Bush? I'm back. It is a giggly morning. You were not designed to carry every burden that comes your way. And you very well may be able to drag it. But the Bible says to run your race as if to attain the prize which means run as if to win so you want to lay aside every weight that is holding you back and the idea that you have to pay for some shortcoming is not in line with scripture because the scripture says that he was wounded for your transgressions He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement, the payment for your peace was upon him. And the scripture says, By his stripes, you're healed. Let's not pay a price that's already been paid. Let's not double pay a debt because Jesus already did it. Don't make one stripe on his back to have been received in vain by trying to pay some price for yourself. When you get focused on fixing your own problems all the time. You lose the ability to hear your father's voice. I know that's a silly story in hindsight about breaking a bolt in a pickup truck. Who cares? But I was so focused on getting it done that I couldn't hear what my dad said. I was sitting there thinking, my 16-year-old brain was sitting there saying, he doesn't think I can do it. My dad's sitting there saying, if he breaks that, it'll be a week and a half before he gets to drive that truck. And I know he wants to drive that truck. The Bible says that God, your Father, knows the plans that He has for you, and they're for good and not evil. You don't know all the plans. He sees the end from the beginning, while you just see through a glass darkly. So many times we're trying to fix stuff, something that we really need a specialist to intervene. You need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, which means Jesus is in heaven right now, preparing a place for you and for me, the Father and the Son. But he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will send a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. That's who's here right now. That's who's on the inside of me and on the inside of you, constantly trying to help and aid in the scenario. He's the specialist that will fix what you can't even see is wrong." One other thing that a specialist will do and maybe the most important is they will identify what needs to be fixed and what needs to be thrown away and replaced. You know, sometimes with a computer, a hard drive can be rebuilt or rebooted or whatever it's called. But a lot of times, you just got to take that thing, throw it out and get a new one. Many of you are holding on to relationships that God's trying to get you to let go of and get rid of. Not that they're bad people. Not that God doesn't love them. But if it's bringing you down, if it's a weight that's causing you not to be able to get from A to B efficiently and effectively, then it's something you need to lay aside. And only He knows those things that are repairable and those things that have to be replaced. For instance, you and me, the covenant that God made with Moses on Mount Sinai, it was a good covenant for the time being, but it had to be replaced. It couldn't just be repaired because you're an unclean vessel without the blood of Jesus. And God wanted His Spirit, just like the Bible says in the Garden of Eden, that He breathed life into Adam. <sighs> the Bible said on... Easter Sunday that Jesus came to his disciples and breathed because what was was not good enough anymore it would have been great if he could have somehow repaired the old covenant but we needed a new covenant we needed a specialist to come in on the scene and replace that which was ineffective and no longer had the same power a way to burden a relationship a hobby sometimes you have a hobby that just takes too much of you an idea a thought pattern a mindset maybe you were brought up racist I don't care it's wrong to judge somebody off the color of their skin I don't care how you were brought up get rid of the mindset You're a new creation in Christ. Some things can be repaired. Some things have to be replaced. And God knows sometimes we don't. David said it like this. He said, Lord, replace this heart of stone with something that can be molded by you. God didn't say, I'm going to make you and then I'm going to repair you. He said, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away and all things become new. There's areas in your life that can't be fixed. They just have to be replaced. Last point I want to make. It doesn't matter how you got in the situation that you're in. That doesn't mean that it doesn't matter what you do moving forward. It just means the moment that you recognize that you need God, He's ready. He's not sitting there going, Well, I would help you, but you made your bed sleep in it. No, that's not how He operates. I have three children. If my children were standing in an ant bed and I told them, Do not go outside, do you think I would let them be eaten up by ants? Absolutely not. I love my children. The Bible says, how much more so does our Heavenly Father love us? We're carnal still. He has no guile in Him. Regardless of how you got in your situation, it is His good pleasure to help you. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Thank you for listening. For more information on Pastor Brian and New Heights Church, please visit www.newheightschurch.info.